folks, welcome to Jersey, the Independent Rangers podcast made by fans for fans. For all your content is absolutely free. Coming to you in association with Forest Precision Engineering. My name is Alec Anderson, and I'll be your host this evening, Friday the 24th of November 2023, as we look ahead to Sunday's League Cup final warm-up in front of those 47,000 Aberdeen season ticket holders. I wonder which Rangers player during that international break is most likely to have forgotten some of the pages of the book being built by our big, baldy Belgian manager. And we'll ask, which half-baked falsehood do you hate most? Peter Lowell slandering referees or the possibility of Ryan Kent coming back to Ibrox. This is episode 300 of the Net podcast. The third century of live pods has been reached. So pop the Paul main, party hats and pyro, and let's have a quick look back at some of the highlights of the previous 299 episodes. Ron VT. Yep. No, sorry, Frankie's not got that teed up, but it was just uh, it was just me and about seven other boys uh, getting absolutely guttered and crying on the night about one fifty-five. That was my highlight. But we couldn't have uh, got to this number of shows without you folks tuning in. So many of our shows, and we really do appreciate that. If you're joining us live tonight, you can give us your opinions on the YouTube live comment section. Please hit the thumbs up icon. Um, Hit that bell as well. That's what the young dudes say. Hit the thumbs up icon. Hit that bell. Let your pals know we're here. Almost 6,700 subscribers strong. Before I bring in my, my fellow Triple Centurion guest, I must mention the other people we couldn't do it without. Our very kind sponsors. Forest Precision Engineering, established in 1983, is a leading precision engineering and special purpose machinery manufacturer. Based in Glasgow, their services in precision engineering are available to companies all over Scotland and throughout the UK. They're leading manufacturers of special purpose machinery for a range of applications. Their website is at forestprecisioning.com. They're big friends of Rangers and they have a stunning new hospitality area within the iBooks main stand. For information on how to book the Forest Precision Executive Lounge, a unique and intimate space, email the club via hospitality at rangers.co.uk. Now, the, the number 300, especially when our, our last second last match was against a team of Prague Spartans, reminds everyone of a certain film where muscle-bound, bronzed-up, hunky actors minced about in sexy loincloths. So I don't think I could have asked for a more appropriate guest than Jersnet's very own Gerard Butler, Mr. Craig Ray. And if he's got a problem with me calling him Gerard Butler, then he's both sectarian and he's never seen Den of Thieves. Craig, how are you doing, mate? You all right? Oh, no, it's merely the fact that you thought I was for Paisley if I was Gerald Butler. But, uh, no, don't worry, I'm not like him. I will only lose my accent. So, uh, no, I'm doing well. Um, Alec, last time we were on, um, I, I seem to recall having a non-alcoholic um, bottle of Australia. We've reached 300 episodes tonight, so I'm going all out with the celebrations. It's a bottle of McBee. Let's go. Fantastic. Excellent. Let's have it. Let's have it large, mate. That's it. I don't know if the, the, the punters can cope with that. Watching <laughs> us getting absolutely erect and that kind of stuff. I'm on the water as well, mate. Um, aye, so 300 pods. I know you're you know, a bit newer to you've about 18 months or something you've been with now, Craig. Aye, since the start of last season. What's your favourite kind of, you know, your favourite memory of the previous 300 pods? Well, in terms of my time, we've been pretty rubbish. So, uh, <laughs> But the pods are just moments, there's not been that many. <laughs> but um, obviously, mate, my debut was good. Even not just so much the um, the episodes that we do on a Friday and a Sunday. Obviously, getting access to Ibrox has been really big for the pod the last sort of few few months. But one moment, and it was before I started, um, and I seen it earlier again. It was you and Colin's reaction to the the Leipzig games. Some of your videos after games at Ibrox and. And it was brilliant. The one after the Leipzig game, I thought was was brilliant, just in terms of just the raw emotion. Um, Me crying. Songs. 
<laughs> yes, the kind as well. Listen, we were all greeting that night. Nothing to be right, ashamed man. of. Um, right. Well, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, nah, I just, I just love that. And that, that's kind of just for me what what Jersey is all about. It's just a bunch of. Uh, relatively normal Rangers fans getting together talking about the love of the club. So no, I, f- I thought that one was was my favourite for sure, mate. Ah, oh, nice one, nice one. I, I was, um, I think, I was on. I remember being on Pod One Hundred with the. Uh, it was uh, the, the very hairy David Wren and uh, Ross Bennett, and it would be just drawn nil nil with Livingston. It was right at the start of twenty twenty one season. It was just that clown Gerard. He's never going to win us a league, you know. And it was one of the nights you just realised what what was so good about the pod. And you got to come on, you have a moan, you share it with with like minded folk. And uh, yeah, folks, we we really we really couldn't have done it without you. Um, we couldn't have bored it or, or enjoyed it half as much uh, without you folks out there. So we really do appreciate that. And on to the business of Pod Three Hundred. Philip Clement, um, that's kind of the end of that wee international break there, Craig. The, the man arrived at the end of the last international break. Uh, what do you think uh, of the show so far? He's played seven games, won six, drew one. He's won every league game. He's got us in the first cup final this season. And we're looking good for Europa League progress beyond Christmas. One goal conceded in each of the, the three competitions he's played in. Um, and we went into an international break an infinitely better nick than we went into the previous one. So how how are you liking the new boss? Oh, it's been brilliant so far. That one's been been great. Well, we're, we're now sitting in the back of the sets, just I mean a wee ice cream with the, the wee plastic spoons and all that ready for that too, starting on Sunday. Um <laughs> so I've been very impressed with it at the first part of the show. Um nah, it's been, it's been brilliant so far. You, you touched on the record there. The goals conceded, I think's a, a big part for me. Um I think one, one goal in each competition, but um, up until uh, Sparta Prague scored against us, Lauren Shankland was the only guy to have scored against Philip Clement. <laughs> so that kind of tells you how, how good the defence has been. Um, every player's had a lift, every player's had an upturn, um, and it has been great so far, but obviously the real work's going to start on Sunday. The thing is, though, obviously, <laughs> it kind of feels like we're in a... Uh, a time walk, we just say this thing like every November. So yeah, he started well, this, that, the next thing, but there does seem to be a different feeling about Cullen just in terms of his presence, his aura, and I think his professionalism as well, to be quite frank, comparing him certainly to the last manager anyway, but um, I'm very excited about him. Um, there's a long way to go, but um, as I say, the, the real hard work starts on Sunday. I spot on. I think there's a, there's a chap called Angus Morrison talking about the the, the kind of Gelsnet community out there, and Angus, a, a big fan of the show, and he he posted a tweet saying how basically um, Michael Beale and Giovanni Van Bronckhorst also started the the winning six and drawing one of their first seven games in Charles. But I, I think there's definitely a and we're not going to get ahead of ourselves because of that, as you say, we've been here before, but. Even we things like I see today there was that bit in the, in the presser today. I mean, I'm just watching it on YouTube. But Joshua Barry asked him a question about you know <laughs> who's who's going to partner. You know, you're, you're saying that uh, Raskin's no no available just now. Ryan Jack uh, struggling for fitness. So who's going to go in there and partner John Lundstrom in the, the, the sitting two in midfield? And he, he just had a laugh. He just did that thing where he's going. Kind of like, that is an interesting question. Just he's blanking Joshua, but at the same time it's you know he's no but he's having a laugh with him. Joshua's. Killing himself, he's like, oh, well, I better move on then. The whole room has a total laugh. And I got the impression, see that moment, that it was a wee flashback for me. That was the kind of moment I think Michael Beale wanted. Every press conference he was in, he would have these wee moments where he was trying to sound like a manager, kind of act like what his idea of a manager was. And he'd be trying to be kind of coquettish at times, like, oh, I'll, I'll know, you know, you'll need to work that out. 
and the whole press room was just like, Mike, we've just spent 20 minutes telling us how you tied your laces this morning. Don't try and come on. You know, like you're, you're kind of enigmatic. Don't try and adopt that now. But as we come on, he's just arrived. He's just as that kind of manager. And I, I feel as if his whole, as you say, professionalism, it just, you just believe it, don't you? Oh, 100%. Um, I, you believe that's a, that's a good way to sum up. It's like every word that comes out of his mouth, you you believe it. And it's night and day compared to the last one. That, that was a brilliant moment of that presser earlier. I seen it and I was I was bursting out laughing as well. And it's like, if he's like that with journalists, hopefully well, he is like that with the players, you can tell. And he, he seems to hammer home this question, well, not the question, but this point I like. He'd, he'd done it earlier as well. Like, oh, yeah, if um, it was about like Aberdeen. Um, being up for Rangers games more than any other games and all that, and then Clement was basically saying, well, I don't think he can get up for one game more than another. You should be up for every game the same, basically, when, or at least that's what it's like uh, when I'm a manager. And then he says, if um, if a player thinks like that, then uh, their story will be very short with me. So, um, there you go. Um, the guy, I, I think professionalism, for me, I'll use that word again, that, that's what what kind of sums it up, and for me as well, it's always about the solution. There's there's plenty of problems, or but there has been much face of st- the problems that were there at the start of the season. They are still there. We're just at a mending point just now, um, and it's going to take a while to to fully mend them. But for me, come on, it's not about the problems; it's about the solutions. He, he kind of reminds you. I said that a couple of weeks ago when I was on with Scott. It's like he kind of reminds you of that boss that you've got at work, like who's good or maybe that teacher that you had at school, maybe if you were struggling with, with a subject, it wasn't a teacher like bogged you down or, you know, shouted and bawled at you. They, they knew how to press your buttons and how to get the best out. And it wasn't like, oh, right, you got, you failed that um, that exam or whatever. It, it's not like, oh, you were terrible, you failed the exam. It's, don't worry, you will pass the exam the next time. We will make sure you pass. That's that's kind of what I feel Clement's like. It's... Um, almost a sort of inspirational sort of father figure in me. I think for me, it's like, I think that man management is something that I think you're slowly seeing with guys like Ross McCausland and, and whatnot as well. Obviously, he's shown a lot of faith in him. And, um, you see, he, he's already having a sort of personalised relationship with the players when they get, they're get they getting subbed off and stuff like that. He's having a wee word in the rear. So, nah, it's been it's been great so far and, and long may it continue. Yeah, well said. Um, I'll, I'll have to touch on this quickly, Craig. It's not a favourite subject of mine, and I don't mean because uh, Rangers' finances have been such a problem in the past. I just mean because I, I can barely count. So, uh, but the financial figures were released uh, last week. Nothing to write home about in either sense, no good or bad. Uh, we're returning an operating profit for the second year in the trot. Turnover eighty three point eight million, generating a profit of two hundred and fifty two thousand. Now, my gran always used to say you have to spend eighty three million to make uh, two hundred fifty grand. So I wasn't unduly surprised or concerned, but was there anything there that particularly worried you or, or, or pleased you even, especially in light of us having a, a new manager who'll probably be drawn up a wee, a wee list of Christmas presents for Santa shortly? I, I, I mean, I think Kevin Maguire, the, the football expert, had the nail on the head a couple of weeks ago when they came out and they said the accounts are very boring. And see when your club's accounts are very boring, that's good. It's very good. You don't want to um, be in a situation where the accounts are all over the place. Um, Absolutely. For me, it's kind of, you know, we're not, we're not in a sort of perilous position. I know we've had the, the financial fair play guidelines, but that's nothing really to do with, you know, light in terms of... It's, it's just, I think, bad decisions that have been made in the football pitch, to be honest. Not just the pitch, but the footballing department. As a business, we seem to have everything else on the right track, pretty much. Just 
we're obviously in the, the business of football and it's a football department that we need to work on. We've obviously spent a lot of money on hiring managers, sacking managers, bringing in expensive duds as well. Um, and we've got a really, really big wage bill that, that we'll need trimmed. And for me, it's about trying to find value in, in the transfer market, which hopefully Clement can do. And I mean, it's it's one of the ones where, um, you, you know, if you compare this to the other lot across the road, it's like they'll they'll brag about all the money they've got in the bank and they've made this profit and that profit. They're only doing that because they're selling a top asset every year. The, the one, you know, Ke- Kevin Maguire actually said it about a year or so ago, yeah, technically Celtic are ahead right now when it comes to like finances and stuff, but all it takes is a season or two a Rangers to be in the Champions League and Celtic not to be for it to go a complete 180. So we're in a decent enough position. Um, at the end of the day, as long as we can get the football department right, then we should be fine going into the future as well. And hopefully the new manager can, can push us on with that as well. Yeah, absolutely right, because I remember... I remember when we uh, we won the treble 2003, uh, Celtic got to a European final in Seville and they lost it uh, in extra time and the treble didn't count. It was only about losing a European final in Seville. Um, we found out you know, recently that us losing a European final in Seville on penalties, um, that was us, we were losers and we'd been jamming to get there in the first place, and it was all about uh, who'd won the treble. That was the that was the main achievement in Scottish football. And I think the same thing happened. Like you're talking about the you're talking about finances should be boring, and the minute they weren't boring for us, suddenly the whole of Scottish football and uh, our friends across the city, in particular, were no parading trophies from the park. We're doing laps of honour with the you know the accounts, the, the books. Look at that! Look at that! We're totally totally balanced. Something like that was the that was the point of football. So that's the only reason I really. I mentioned this, uh, obviously, I've mentioned the account, it's pretty boring stuff, and long may it remain so. Okay, Aberdeen. Um, Clement is saying in today's presser, uh, uh, earlier on today, that he wants, the, the players are only busy with Aberdeen. He wants that the players are only busy with Aberdeen, his way of saying, just you know, concentrating on the game. I love these weak kind of mistranslations, the way he just, the way he speaks English, it's absolutely fantastic, um, mm-hmm. because everyone's going well just now. Yeah, but that, the, the whole squad, he's saying, has to be ready for this next kind of wedge of games that we've got up until the winter break. A dozen games in 37 days from Sunday until the 2nd of January. We know what we all want from these games, you know, win a lot of them. But what, what do we need? And more pertinently, what does Clermont need to keep the positive kind of synergy going? Well, the absolute minimum, we need the League Cup. Um, that's, you know, that's a, an on-starter. We need that in the story. Um, for me, I, I said it to a few people lately. I mean, I think by the time we go into the winter break, I think if we are three points behind, obviously less, I'd love to be ahead, but that's a big ask. Um, but I think if we can get to within three points of Celtic after that game at Parkhead, two old firm games to go, a January transfer window, three points in it, you have to play them twice. I'd be pretty comfortable with that considering the position we were in. I think. Up until now, it's kind of just been, he, he's passed all his tests so far. For me, the tests kind of remain the same. Win the League Cup, that, that's the biggest one. Obviously, we progressing Europe, which I think we'll do next Thursday, and try and cut the gap. And we've got a chance to do all three. It is in our, it is in our own hands, you know, if, if we win every game, um, which is a possibility, even though it might be unlikely, but it still is a possibility. But if we do win every game, um, at an absolute minimum will be two points behind which is one point better off than I was hoping for so you know who knows but we, we need to for me try and cut the gap win the league cup 
get through in Europe, and I would hope that that a very just fan agrees with that as well. Aye, I think. I mean, if he's going to lose a game, I'm, I'm hoping the way things work out, maybe it'll be allowed to be in Seville. Maybe lose <laughs> lose the Betis you know, over there if we can still go through. Um, and if we're going to draw, I mean, I, I don't know, but Parkheads, uh, we need to go with some improvement, I think. Um, and I, I think there's a thing just now, the way these things happen, especially with a new manager taking over, it's like if you get a run of momentum going as a Rangers manager these days, Celtic, if you keep ticking along there, I think they'll be waiting for us. They'll be, they'll be loving that. They'll be, they'll be waiting for us when it comes to Parkhead. I think it'll be very difficult to, to win there. Uh, in January, but it's certainly be very, very doable. Not January, just just before January. But uh, I, I'd be quick. Maybe if that was the game we were to draw, I would, I would take that. That's that's still maintaining my momentum. But you're spot on. I think if we never mind Clermont, if we if we don't win the League Cup, I think I'll just give up. And Rangers, I think that's been mm-hmm. done. You know, I mean, I just can't handle the fact if, if the idea of us no one in this, no one in this League Cup. But um, I know you're spot on, mate. You just got to keep, got to keep it ticking along. You know, and uh, as I'm saying we should lose and bet us, but are you not? You're not going. Um, but um, ah, so you know, cancel that then. Get a, a draw. Uh, no, I mean t- to be fair, look, I'll be in the home end anyway, so it might be it might be for the best. Uh, if, uh, but hopefully the the Spanish authorities are there listening. I know I've got a, t- a, a a responsible ticket for the away end. Um, <laughs> no, um, I'm just going there for a few days in a, a lovely city. I never I never actually seen much as of all when I was there for the the final because we were staying down in Ben and Medina. Um, and just up the day, and on the day, obviously the whole city was packed. So we just found like this really wee sort of bar slash restaurant, and had the wee like private room in there, and just stayed in there the whole time until until the game. So I never actually got to see a lot of the city. So I'm actually looking forward to going for a few days. But like, if we beat Limassol next Thursday, I don't like to lose, but I, I suppose if you did have to choose a game to lose, we're through it anyway. Um. Uh, yeah. And at the end of the day, if we do finish second, I suppose it means an love trip and, and it's guaranteed in February anyway against a relatively team that's coming down for the Champions League. So every cloud is, they say. This is true, this is true. So um, talking of clouds, the Northern Shites of Old Aberdeen on Sunday at Petaudry, uh you said it was a lovely comment uh, for Clermont today when he refused to believe that publicly at least that Aberdeen try harder versus Rangers than, than anyone else. So where I am, the manager, the story will be very short for these players who are not motivated for every game, like you were saying. But considering uh, they want so badly for us to be a derby rival, and they, and they do, they do try harder versus us, but everybody in Scotland does. You know, even Dunfermline, uh, Chris Sutton. Our record at Pataudry isn't actually that bad, I think, Compared to how the, the rivalry's made out, uh, since we come back into the top flight, there are a few annoying draws up there, but I think there have only two defeats in the kind of seven seasons that we've been back in the top flight at Petaudry. But they did for Beale, they did for Michael Beale earlier this season at Ibrox, and, and we lost our last trip to Petaudry. Um, but is the threat of Aberdeen overstated? Um, I don't want to say yes, because you, you, always, feel a, you always feel a wee bit sort of we're going into these games, especially at Petodre, but at the end of the day, they're sitting with ninth in the league. If, if we turn up on Sunday and we play our game, we'll win. No bother. Even you look at that game, even the one that we the beat us earlier this season, I mean, that was just a comedy errors for us at the back. It was Because you get games like that where you're beating a, a rut, bad on a form, the manager's probably lost the dressing room and just everything goes wrong. Dessers missed a couple of sitters in the first half, you know, they obviously score score their goals, which weren't they really great goals, I think, as well. It was kind of ones that just sort of bounced about. It kind of reminded me of when we get we get gubbed off um, Unarea, Urza Jenny. 
and that they somehow managed to score four goals and like each of the goals took about five deflections before they went in. It, it kind of reminded me of that a wee bit. And then even the game last year that we lost, um, obviously that was like the end of the season. Um, they scored a complete fluke of a goal. We probably should have won that game as well, but obviously like, the league and all that was done and, and whatnot. Yeah, that, was that, that, week, that, was, that was the weekend before the, the cup semi-final. It was it was two 0 and like obviously Aberdeen um, released the DVD of it beating Rangers in a meaningless game. Um but like at the end of the day, if we if we show up on Sunday, we play our strengths, we play our game, we'll win, no bother. Speaking of Petrogen, I'm record at Petrogen, Alec, I did say earlier that I was gonna have a wee bit of trivia for you. So I've got my question and it's right. obviously pertaining to the match this weekend. So uh, in season 2004-2005, obviously a brilliant season for Rangers Football Club, Helicopter Sunday, we played at Pataudry four times against Aberdeen. Probably a record maybe actually. Um, three times in the league um, because we were forced to go there twice and we played them in the League Cup. First game in the league, we drew 0-0 at Pataudry. Then in the League Cup, we won 2-0. And then the other two games, we won 2-1 and 3-1 in the league. So how many goals did we score at Pataudry that season? <laughs> All right, so that's a trick question then. Is it? Is that? Was it Inverness Cali as well? Oh, you've got me. I was. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> that's a setup, mate. You're trying to make me feel better. I think. Um, no, I don't. I, the game they beat them three one. That was, was that the one with the uh, it was in the, the pee and rain. Was yeah, that the, the last puddle. last game where we got that lovely away kit on and it was sliding through the puddles, oh, big dad was celebrating the goal. That was glorious that day. That was that was absolutely glorious. Uh, I just feel as if you're hanging in there in the league race, but no, it was absolutely spot on. It led to us winning the thing. I I know it was I, it was mental, wasn't it? I think you've got to, to go to Petodre to play Inverness. I mean, you know, coming through Glasgow, night, you're thinking, I it's just next to Inverness. <laughs> it really isn't he? It really <laughs> but a trip for them. I've got a bit of trivia for trivia for you. Um we're talking off air about parents and what have you. Um mums and dads and the first that is Petodre, albeit I'm from North Ayrshire, I'm from Adrossan. Um the first game, the first stadium I was ever in was Petodre. My mum and dad, so skint. Um in fact, don't even know if they were married, because mum was a few months pregnant with me uh, when they got married. But the only holiday they could afford was nipping up to Aberdeen with my another a couple, kind of aunt and uncle type couple of mine. And uh, they did a tour at Petodre. I mean, how scared that was it. They went into Petodre <laughs> for a look around. That's how desperate the folk were for enjoyment in 1969. So uh, that's the, the shame I've got to bear for the rest of my life, technically speaking. My mum was a couple months pregnant with me. She went into Petodre. So there you go. Maybe that's why I don't like them so much, because I'm trying to fight. I'm trying to fight the, the, the sheep within <laughs> being a guy from North Yorkshire as well. Um, so what do you expect on Sunday then? You're saying if, you just, if we turn up and we play our own game, we're going to be absolutely fine. Do you think this the cup final next month is that you got any bearing on on this game, which is Aberdeen, you know, Aberdeen's cup final? Or is it more likely that what happens this Sunday is actually going to affect events at Hamden uh, on the seventeenth of December, not an actual cup final? I don't think so. To be honest, I think the game at Hamden will kind of take care of itself. It's a completely you know different set of circumstances. I think and, you know Aberdeen will obviously be up for it on Sunday um, for their. Cup final, but this will be the cup cup final at Hamden as well. Um, obviously, they'll just need to worry about getting getting back up the road because they always moan that they can't get that. There's always something wrong with the Scotrail trains, don't they? Um, a strange bunch, aren't they? But um, 
Aye. Um, no, I think um, I think I think we'll be all right on Sunday. I, I don't think, as I say, it'll have much of a bearing on on the cup. But we need to remember as well. Um, well, will the manager didn't even pick the same team in the cup final because it, it, he mentioned something that was quite interesting all the day where he, he went the team that finishes the game. This is just in general, not so much for Sunday, but as time in general goes, the team that finishes the game won't be the one that starts like the next game. So I thought that was something that was quite interesting in terms of when he's told all the players as well, he wants to use his squad. So um, it may very well be that after going to Seville, going to Betis um, three days earlier, um, which could be a, a game to try and, and, finish, and finish top of the group. So I would assume he's still going to play a strong team there, even if we are through. Um, how, how he then uses that to approach the final. And then obviously Aberdeen, um, you know, Barry Robson's been moaning about all the travelling I've got today. Um, for days to Pataudry for a game against Frankfurt um, on the Thursday. Um, despite the fact I'm pretty sure Barry Robson was part of a Celtic team that, that watched Rangers play about 85 games in three weeks in 2008 as well. Um, yeah. Again, like I said earlier, they're a strange bunch. Um, but I think Sunday will take care of itself and then, as I say, the, the cup final is just a completely different proposition. But fingers crossed we can win both games and I'm, I'm pretty confident we will. Good man, good man. Um, so are, are we likely to see a change to the kind of the Rangers style or formation for Sunday, do you think? I mean, Clement said when he first arrived that he wasn't going to change too much in terms of formation, etc. from what Michael Beale had set out. We're playing this kind of um, 4-2-3-1. It's because he wouldn't have the time to work with the players in the training pitch. But it's quite weird. Now he's a, he's at a fortnight off, and a, a fortnight with far more of the players than he was making out. And he's saying that, oh no, I didn't, so many of them are away on international duty. We've seen this today in the press. So many are away on international duty. I can't really work uh, with the team properly. But, you know, Tavernier, Goldson, Jack Butland, you know, Lundstrom, these guys on their way on international duty. Do you think he's at it? He was, he was simultaneously saying today, oh no, I actually did a lot more to change the style in the last seven games than than, than you realise. And they're saying, but I'm not going to change it anymore uh, in this next kind of tranche of games, this next uh, dozen games. Do you think there's any chance of him actually trying to, maybe maybe starting on Sunday, change away for this 4-2-3-1 formation and try something different? Um, I kind of hope not because, you know, it's worked so far. So I'm, I'm always of the opinion, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And do you know what? It's... Maybe there's a wee bit of irony here, but I remember back to Gio's sort of starting. He never really changed much. I um, mean, obviously, he had a, a really good start as well. And then we had an extended um, winter break, first game back. After that was Pataudry, um, the one each draw. And they were absolutely terrible. He, he played James Sands in, in the midfield. That was his debut. Um, and it just things seemed to have went in the league anyway, just downhill for it, and it was almost like we, we kind of changed the way that we were playing. So after he'd had that extended break of working with the players and, and stuff like that for maybe three weeks, obviously it's not as long as that for Clement, but, you know, I, I think at, at the end of the day, we've been doing well so far. I, I wouldn't change it. I'd keep going the way that you're going. Um, obviously in January, he'll, he'll, he'll make changes as he sees fit, but... So I'm saying if it's if it's no broke, don't fix it. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he does though in terms of a selection because I think it's obviously he likes to play with wingers. Does he continue with Ross McCausland? Weirdly enough, he's not had the chance to work with Ross McCausland up until the last couple of days because 
you know, he's been away in, in duty for Northern Ireland. Um, and then it's kind of like, well, who do you play in that sort of right wing position? Do you continue with a Cantwell? But then can you play a Cantwell because we're missing a couple of players in midfield as well? And he's been a bit better going into the midfield. So then he's got a decision to make whether he continues with a McCausland or does he bring back a Scott Wright or a Ravi Matondo who have obviously been out injured. Um, and no, well, obviously in Matondo's case, it's been a lot longer. So I think that right side position for me is probably going to be the most interesting part. Um, I think that will maybe show who his kind of preference is in that position moving forward the next couple of months anyway. And the other position I think um, that's going to be interesting is left back. Um, I think obviously I've heard rumours about Yilmaz and Clement having sort of talks and stuff like that about his future. So I suppose you would kind of expect Barisic to start then if that is the case. Um, but I think you never know as well because Barisic again at times against Aberdeen he's, he's maybe not been, been fully up to it and um, to be fair to Yilmaz, I think pretty much every game he's came in, I, I don't really think he's done badly at all. Um, maybe strength is an area that he can work on, but as we know for Bob Barisic at times, he might be strong in paper, but he can go into a few things half heartedly at times as well. Nah, so yeah. I think I think for me that the left back position will be interesting, but that sort of the right wing, the right hand side, the midfield, whatever you want to call it, I think that'll be the most interesting to see who he picks there. See, is the received wisdom, I'm, I'm maybe not my ear to the ground um, enough, but is the received wisdom that Cantwell is getting pushed out right when he does play because we're, we have to accommodate Lammers somewhere and the only the only place that Lammers can actually play off to, at his best, so to speak, is in this kind of 10 position behind the striker. That that seems a bit... I've heard a few people saying that, you know, people that know about me, about football and about Rangers and myself. Um, this just we have to accommodate Lammers in, in there. That's the only place he can play. So Cantwell's going to have to to go out to the right hand side. But it seems like kind of backward. I don't really believe that Philip Clement, a manager like that, would do anything other than play the best players he thinks are for the role. It's even a temporary thing because Lammers is in there all the time. I think the guys. I think he. I mean, definitely tries Lammers. He has his wee moments of super skill where I think we've talked about this before, where he just takes it too far and falls on his ass. You know, because he's done so much dribbling, he's made himself dizzy. But is there something there I'm not seeing? Is Lama's a lot better a player with, the, with Clement picking him so often than, than the likes of me realises? Um, I don't think so, to be honest. But um, until <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just been because Lawrence has been injured and obviously other options that we've got, like Hadji and Lowry on the air at the moment. And maybe it's just out of necessity that he's having to play, play Lama's there. I think it'll be because obviously Lawrence started against Livingston. He was he was all right. Be interesting to see if Lawrence plays on Sunday. And I think yeah. it's on your to come up next anyway. So it's a good wee segue. Like, would, would he go with like a Lundstrom, Lawrence and Cantwell? Because Lawrence as well, he can play off the right. We've we seen him do that um, when he first came in. And actually, that was probably where he was playing some of his best stuff, like the, the games against PSV and stuff like that. He, he was sort of playing on that that right forward side. So. I don't know. I think I think he's probably been playing Lammers just out of necessity because he's not really had anyone else. And I think now that we've got Lawrence back and obviously we've got more options at wide, maybe maybe we can move Cantwell into that position. It'll be it'll be interesting to see in Sunday. Though. I think you'll you'll be able to tell on Sunday kind of if he does rate Lammers. And though I think if he plays on Sunday and he's still playing Cantwell out wide, then Aye. I think he obviously does fancy him. But yeah, I don't know. I, I've got a feeling he won't play. 
I think somebody else was saying that there was trying to shop window. You know, we're going to have to get rid alarmers in January. You know, so you've got to play them and so forth. Managers don't work with that. They just they don't yeah. put in somebody just to shop window them. They need to win games. They need to, they're going to put out the best team they've got. So I found that uh, some of the, the part of Lammers quite incredible. Then, but then I find some of the stuff that Lammers does quite incredible as well. When he's, he's still getting it, so I don't know. But um, I would like to say, mate, you've segued into it for me. We're talking about the actual starting eleven here. I think. Uh, Raskin, according to the manager today, Raskin uh, and Roof, from what he was saying about Kamar Roof, are the only kind of non-runners. Ryan Jackson, I doubt. Who's going to go in beside Lundstrom? Is it, is it Sifuentes' time? He's not been fancying Sifuentes before, and, and yet he's been away on international duty as well. I, I, I can't I can see Sifuentes playing. I mean, I think, I think he carried up a slight knock, actually, when he was in Ecuador. Um, oh, did but he? I think, obviously, Clement said he's fit anyway, so that, that's fine, but um, I just think maybe carrying a wee knock, coming only coming back and training with the team for a couple of days before a big game, I don't think so. Look, he said Ryan Jack was a doubt. If it was me personally, if Ryan Jack, you know, can play 60, 70 minutes, I would start him on Sunday. And then you can play Sifuentes or Dill or whoever um, next Thursday. I think, um, I think Ryan Jack against Aberdeen's always showed up against them. Um, apart from the time that he, he nearly killed Stevie May. <laughs> a few years ago, um, but it has. He's always he's always played well against them, and you know, I think you're going to need a wee bit of dig in there as well. And, and Ryan Jack's somebody that can provide that, and I, I'm maybe still not fully convinced on Lundstrom playing that role himself, like without a sort of guy like Jack next to him, because um, you know, say it as Kieran Dill that comes in. You know, Dill's obviously a decent enough player, but he's he's a bit lightweight, especially compared to Ryan Jack. So I don't know how Lundstrom could maybe fit into that in terms of like a, a physical game against Aberdeen. I think Lundstrom's a lot better when he's maybe get the likes of Jack through them and he can look look forward a wee bit and, you know, be a more more of like a box to box player. Um so I don't know, it'll be it'll be an interesting one, but I, I think if Jack's um, reasonably fit and you can risk him play him and then you can just leave him at the squad on Thursday um, well, or, or bench him on Thursday or whatever um, no. because we're going to need to manage these games anyway so I think this is obviously the big one um, that actually I think is, is it St Mirren or Dundee at home next Sunday I can't mind um, St Mirren so it's like you know we shouldn't need Ryan Jack to win that game I, I think the same in Thursday as well. It is obviously a big game in Thursday, but we shouldn't need Ryan Jack to play in that game as well. I think if he's going to play a game in the next three games, get him in on Sunday, if you can, obviously. Um, and, and I do hope he can make it. Right, and we've got... Actually, sorry, uh, did Ryan Jack score? You're talking about that draw we had before, you know, in, in Gio, Gio's season, when he, when he, he came in to replace uh, Stephen Gerrard, and we went to Pataudry after the, you know, the moved winter break we drew there was that the game that Ryan Jack scored we ended up drawing it or was it another game because I just remember that feeling of Ryan Jack has scored at Pitaudry absolutely fantastic but we, we definitely didn't win the game because I want him to have that moment he scored you know against him at Hamden last season in the League Cup semi-final I would just love him to have that moment where he's up to Pitaudry and he, he knocks one in and it is a winner or as part of a winning, a winning performance mm -hmm. um, No that game was um 1920 in December, I think the week, it was either the week before or the week after the Celtic Cup final, um, where we were 2-0 up at half-time, Arfield scored That's and then nice. Jack scored, 
and then uh, aye, they came back and drew two each and then obviously we had the, the Celtic game before and after it was an offside goal so that was a great week um, but Nah, it was it was obviously good to see Jack scoring. It was brilliant passion that he he showed, but I unfortunately just it never paid off for us that night. But I that would be good. Um, obviously Hamden Hamden was brilliant, and the fact that it took a wee nick as well, um, never never <laughs> fully went in properly. But the, the thing with Ryan Jack is like it's he, he can do that. I mean, I think his his first season when he was here, he was obviously as a holding midfielder. He, he maybe had a bit of a discipline issue getting sent off a couple of times, but when Gerald came in. He became, I think, a completely new player, not just in the centre of that, but he was also going forward as well. So his first goal against Celtic and Ryan Jack scored at least one goal for Rangers every season since he's came apart for his first season. Um, and he scored a few crackers as well, which is weird because you don't really expect it when you, you look at a guy like, like Ryan Jack, um, but he can play football. So as I say, mate, I think if he's 70-80% fit, get him in, if you can get 65, 70 minutes out of him, great, and then rest them up for, um, I think the game after St Mirren's Hearts at Tynecastle, that's a perfect thing to bring him back in after a, a week or so rest, I think. Nice, there's some great performances there as well, a couple of cracking goals that you're talking about, uh, but Ross County, remember, scoring a couple, we won 4-0 or 4-1 or something up there, mm-hmm. one midweek, and then, uh, of course, the goal in the Scottish Cup final, who can forget it, but mm-hmm. right, Craig, it's a question you always like to ask, so it's only fair I ask you, mate, give us a wee, a wee score prediction for Sunday. Eh, uh, I think it will be relatively comfortable. I'll say two 0 Two 0 Okay. Well, just for the sake, I'll, I'll I'll say three one just to be kind of contrary, <laughs> but really, really, really going for the same <laughs> the same scoreline. Um, no, thanks very much, mate. That was absolutely fantastic. Listen, folks, we're going out live on our YouTube channel right now, but this pod's going to be available to enjoy at any time. Uh, on YouTube and from tomorrow it should also be available on Acast, iTunes, Castbox, Stitcher, Spotify and all decent and reputable pod providers. I'll be back on Sunday afternoon with a bit of kind of indecent and uh, disreputable immediate post-match reaction after events at Pataudry and please join us for the main flagship show at 9.30 on Sunday night where my main man Craig here will be back uh, with who you got, Craig? It's uh, David and Grant. I think that you're mm-hmm. you're hosting on Sunday night, and they'll give you a lot more kind of uh, detailed and sober analysis of that game than I'll possibly manage. But uh, thanks very much for putting a, a very brave face on it tonight, Craig. You enjoy that, mate? No, it was good. Always enjoy coming on with you, Alec. Um, really good. Good to right back. Good to at and if you're going to keep saying nice things about uh, uh, me and Collins European pods, then I'm always going to enjoy being on with you, mate. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, they were they were brilliant. That's what the shows are about. But but no, but brilliant and, and what an achievement as well. Three hundred shows, so long may it continue. Well, you're keeping the tradition going, mate. But enough of this loving. I uh, mean, me and Craig are going to go off and get a room. Um, but a big thanks to Frankie for producing the show, and most of all, a, a huge thanks to you folks for joining us again. We could never have got to three hundred live shows uh, without you. So if you keep listening, we're just going to keep making them. You've only got yourself to blame. Good night. <laughs>